Welcome to the Studies in Proverbs podcast, produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. This is taken from a video series you can find on our website, heartcrymissionary.com. HeartCry is a missionary society founded by Paul Washer. The goal of our ministry is to glorify God and bring the greatest possible good to humankind through the preaching of the gospel and the establishment of biblical churches throughout the world. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society. Welcome back to our study of Proverbs. Today we're going to um, set aside our study of Proverbs for just uh, maybe one lesson or two, and we're going to go over to the book of Deuteronomy, uh, the last book of the five books of the law, and we're going to look in chapter 6. So if you'll uh, get your Bibles, make sure you have them, and open up to chapter 6, and we're going to begin in verse 1. We're going to read, Now this is the commandment. The statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it, so that you and your son and your grandson might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments which I command you all the days of your life, and that your days may be prolonged. O Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your sons and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and they shall be as frontals on your forehead. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Okay, now we're going to look at this. You know, uh, young people, every, every time, It'd be great if your parents or your mom or your dad or both of them could sit in on this study. But today especially, because I'm going to be talking about uh, family devotions. I'm going to be talking about uh, their importance. I'm going to also be talking about what we have here in the text with regard to our responsibility as parents. And don't forget also our responsibility as, uh, as children. So let's begin in uh, chapter 6, verse 1. Now this is the commandment, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you, that you might do them in the land where you are going over to possess it. Now, first of all, uh, you will not save yourself uh, by doing the commands and the statutes and the precepts and the wisdom that God has given us. What you need to see here is the context. Israel was in bondage in the nation of Egypt. And God delivered them, not by their own works, not by their own goodness, not by their own merit, but by his doing. He delivered them and he brought them out and was bringing them into what is called the land of promise, the place where God had promised them where they were going to live, a place that was was bountiful, that was a good place. Now, what can we draw from that? You and I um, are not saved by keeping the commandments of God. We are not saved uh, by doing good or through our own merit. 
were saved by God's work on our behalf, and he has redeemed his people through the life, death, and resurrection of his son. And we trust in him. And that is our only hope for salvation. Um, After all these years, I have one hope, and that is Jesus Christ died for sinners. That's it. But now that we are Christian, if we are Christian, God has given us many commands, many precepts, statutes. It says here, Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. Now notice he says commandments, statutes, and judgments. Judgments here is not like judgment standing before a judge. It's more like decrees or decisions made by God. And, and all these words combine to say that you and I need to understand the full counsel of God. We need to understand everything that's written in the scriptures, and we need to do so in order to live a life that brings honor to God. Now remember, not to save ourselves, but having been saved through the work of Jesus Christ, we now seek to live according to God's commands. Now something that's very, very important When you look in the Old Testament, you see a lot of commands that have to do with how you build your house, what kind of clothes you wear, everything. And and not all those commandments that pertain to the nation of Israel now pertain to the church. And so we need to understand how to apply the Old Testament primarily through our study of the New. So he says... Now this is the commandment, the statutes and the judgments which the Lord your God has commanded me to teach you. God commanded Moses to teach the people. God's way of communicating his truth is not only through reading his word, but through being taught by others, by godly pastors, and in our case here, uh, by mothers and fathers who love God and love their children and love the word of God. Now, verse 2 so that you and your sons and your grandsons might fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes and his commandments, which I command you all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Now, what is the reason for studying God's word and applying God's word? He says here that we might fear the Lord, that we might reverence him. You can't reverence or love someone you don't know. And so the more that we get to know God, the more we will love him and the more that we will reverence him, which is to have a great respect for him, to treat him as being in a category all to himself, higher, infinitely higher than all other categories combined. And how do we learn that? Through studying the word of God. But also, not only do we learn to fear the Lord, But the fear of the Lord also has a great benefit. And what is that benefit? Well, it's described here in verse 2 as um, that all all the days of your life and that your days may be prolonged. Now, he's not saying that those who believe God and obey all his commands are going to live the longest of anyone else on the planet. But he's talking primarily about the promised land. And what he's talking about is this. To enter into all the goodness that God has for his people, you and I must learn his will and obey it. There can come a time when many blessings that would have been ours will not be ours. 
because of discipline. Because we simply refuse to know the will of God and to obey the will of God. You remember when I was talking to you about your mother and about how most of you aren't going to say, Mom, I'm not going to listen to you. But you can be very neglectful of the things she tells you. In the same way, yes, there are rebels out there who are going to say, I, I, don't, I don't believe in God and I don't believe in His Word or I believe in God and I simply don't care. I'm not going to listen. Most of you are going to fall into the category of, yes, I believe God exists and I believe He's worthy of reverence, but we neglect to listen and obey His revelation with regard to His will. And because of that, many times, yes, indeed, we do miss out on a life that could be far more blessed than the one that we have. Remember, in the book of Proverbs, there are consequences. There are consequences. Now, I want you to look at verse 3. Oh, let me say this. Parents, I know that you're very busy. Dads, I know some of you, you know, especially in these times, must work many, many hours, many hours and you're very tired. But let me say this. Um, everything in your family... And everything in the life of your children depends upon uh, their understanding who God is, believing God, receiving God's salvation, and also walking according to God's will. I know many of you, you, you parents, you want the best life for your children, and that, that's a noble thing. But realize that you may give a lot of, of attention to their academics, and you should. Or maybe you give a lot of attention to their sports and athletics because maybe some of your children are quite gifted and there's nothing wrong with that. But when you put all these things as priorities, even, you know, you want your child to be wealthy and successful. There's nothing wrong with being successful or, or wealthy. But when you put those priorities over God and over eternity, you're being very foolish with your children. Very foolish. And you're walking on a high rope without a net. And it's very, very dangerous. So realize that, yes, yes, push them, if you know, to at least a proper degree in, in academics and school, and they love athletics, that's wonderful, or music, or, or many other wonderful things about life. But realize the priority here. Fathers, listen to me. How much time do you invest in teaching your children the Scriptures? Now, look at verse 3. I think verse 3 is, is so very important. O oh, Israel, you should listen and be careful to do it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, just as the Lord, the God of your fathers, has promised you in the land flowing with milk and honey. Now this doesn't promise us. We can't take this promise and say God wants us to have a perfect life without pain or suffering or or lack or need or anything else. That's not what it's saying. But it is saying something Actually, a lot better. Look at this. Oh, Israel. It's as though God through Moses is saying, Israel, my great desire for you it is a good life. Is knowing me. Is life in abundance. And Jesus made that clear. Not just eternal life, but life in abundance. A quality of life that is extremely high, even when you sometimes have to pass through the, the hottest flames of trials. And, and how do we get to that? We get to that, first of all, by faith in Jesus Christ, and by studying His Word, growing in our knowledge of it, and seeking to walk in that. Seeking to walk in that. Now, verse 4, 
Hear, O Israel, Shema. Remember, hear means more than just listen. It means obey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Now, I want you to think about a lot here. This, this is very, very important. And for you kids and also for your parents, um, listen. The Lord is our God and the Lord is one. Uh, you can have several things that are very, very important in your life. You can have several loves and pleasures and activities and goals and, and everything. And I don't want to take anything from that. But if you're a Christian, you have confessed that you believe there there is a God, the God of Scripture. There's one God, one Lord, and he has priority over everything, everything. And that's not just for for preachers or missionaries. It's for everyone. It's for businessmen. It's for athletes. It's for academics. It's for scientists and and uh, and all sorts of people, explorers. Is, is the recognition. This is the foundational truth. God is and he's Lord. And he's the ultimate reason for everything. Everything came from him. Everything is going back to him. I will stand before him. Nothing matters apart from this. And everything has to come under it. So if you eat or you drink or you do any other thing, you do it for him. You do it for him. Whether you're a janitor, a doctor, a policeman, or a carpenter, you do it for him. You live for him. You love your children because you love them, of course, but you love them for him. You obey your parents because you seek to honor them, but you, you also do so for him, everything for him. And that's what radically alters our life. This one statement is that, that everything we do, it's ultimately for him, even when we do it for others in the background of it. One day you'll marry and, and, and I hope you marry if you're a girl for him or a guy, you, you, you marry for her because, because you love her. But, but even above that is you're doing it for God. You're making a commitment to one another, but ultimately that commitment is to God. So that even if the person you marry fails you, 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 you continue on in your faithfulness to them because there's something even higher than your commitment to that other person. It's, it's your commitment to God, you see. That's how we love our enemies. I mean, if you've ever had enemies that have mistreated you, it's very hard to love them and bless them and pray for them. But it may be hard to do it for them, but it's not hard to do it for God. You see, so this is the foundational truth. And this is what we need to teach our children. There's so many people, and I'm not kidding you, they go into the book of Proverbs and it's all just principles, 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 and they're missing the main point. And the main point is the submission of our life to God. The submission of every aspect of our life to God. And then, how do we submit? Well, look what it says. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Now, this, parents, is, is, is the primary thing to be taught to our children. You know, people, uh, you know, I, I suppose, you know, a hamster learns how to walk in a wheel and, and even animals can learn how to, 
you know, develop some sort of, of behavior in their life. This goes so far beyond that. We're not just trying to teach our kids principles so they grow up and be little legalists and judge everybody. We're showing them who God is. See, children, this is what's important. In all this Proverbs thing, I want you to know Jesus. I want you to know God. And I want you to walk in a manner, having received salvation by faith, that you walk in a manner that's pleasing to God and beneficial to you. Extremely beneficial. Not because you're going to have all the money in the world and you're never going to have trials. No, no, no. A high quality of life that cannot be bought or sold. It cannot be ruined by bad days. That's what I want you to see. I want you to learn how to find your ultimate joy. And that is in loving God and being loved by God. And when he says you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your your might. He's not don't don't take this and try to dissect it like a, a scientist, a forensic scientist. He's not trying to divide up all the different parts of what a man is. What what he's doing in the Hebrew language is he's heaping one term upon another. You know, your strength, your mind, your heart, your activity, your expenditure of everything that makes up what you are. With that, you're supposed to love the Lord. And I want you to know I'm not there. I want to be there. To love the Lord your God with every fiber of, of every muscle, with every thought of the mind, with every beat of the heart, with, a, with every word that comes out of your mouth to express, demonstrate love for God. And that's what this is about. Not rule keeping. Not your best life now because you've found some system that you can get God to do things for you. That's not what this is about. Not at all. Now, I want to talk for a moment, just a moment, about... Um, let's see here, with the time that we have. I, I want to talk to you about something that's very important. Loving God and, and fearing God. Now, we already talked about fear as a deep, profound awe and reverence for God and, and love for God. Um, but I want you to see that, it, like it is here, fear for God and obedience to his commands are related. And love for God in the Old Testament and obedience to his commands are very, very related. And you need to see that, that, that any type of reverence we claim to have, any type of love for God, is not by, you know, proving it by beating our hearts and saying, I love God, or, or singing a song. But it's by walking according to his commandments. It's doing his will. And um, I, I want you to see that this is not just an Old Testament idea. It's also a New Testament idea. Um, I'm just going to, we won't have time for you to look these up. I'm going to give them to you so you can read them later. L let me just give you some examples. Deuteronomy 11.1. 1. You shall therefore love the Lord your God and always keep his charge, his statutes, his ordinances, and his commands. These love and obedience are related. And um, th they always are. And that's one of the ways in which I can see that my love hasn't arrived. Is when I'm not submitted to the commands of God as I ought to be. And that gives me, you see, when I, when I do something that's against God's command or I do not fulfill God's commands, 
I can always look back and say, you know, ultimately that's a lack of love for God. Just like in our treatment of our parents or our treatment of our brothers and sisters or wives or husbands, it's ultimately a lack of love and respect. Now, Deuteronomy 30:16, I command you today to love the Lord your God. Now look what it says. To love the Lord your God, to walk in his ways and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments and his judgments. Again, it's related. Joshua 22, 5. Only be careful to observe the commandment and the law which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you to love the Lord your God and walk in all his ways and keep his commandments and hold fast to him. How do we hold fast to him? It's not just in a praise song. It's not just by prayer. We hold fast to him by walking in his way, by doing his commands. You see, it's hard to hold somebody's hand if they're walking one way and you're walking another. You can't hold fast to them. To hold fast to someone means you've got to walk where they walk, in the path they walk. And for us, that's according to God's commands. Now you say, well, Brother Paul, you've read, you know, that's Old Testament. Well, it is Old Testament, but Old Testament's Bible. But let's look in the New Testament. Look what Jesus says in John 14, 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. John 14, 21. He who has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me. Do you see that? And 1 John chapter 5, verse 3, For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome. You know, they would be terribly burdensome if we had to keep them in order to save ourselves. Because none of us would be able to do that. And the commandments would only lead us into... Uh, condemnation but we have been saved by grace by believing in what God has done for us in his son and how do we respond well we respond by seeking to walk in obedience knowing his word and growing in conformity to his will all right well um, we're going to pick this up in the next session um, and seek to finish it up but in the next session what we're going to deal with is is parents uh, teaching uh, their children. All right? All right. Well, God bless you and have a, have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Studies in Proverbs podcast produced by HeartCry Missionary Society. Visit heartcrymissionary.com to view our other productions and to find out more about HeartCry Missionary Society.